This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode number 86. Let's go. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey there, and welcome everyone to the show today. I want to share with you another business model for the multifamily syndicator. In other words, another way to build passive income, some quit your job with multifamily, but not in the way that we normally talk about. What we normally talk about is you being the syndicator, you finding the deal, you analyzing the deal, negotiating the deal, and then raising the money for it. And that's the traditional route, and it's a great route. But over the last several months, we've been developing another model that achieves the same result, which is passive income, so you can quit your job. And it's really in one, instead of you cold calling brokers and analyzing deals and making offers and that kind of stuff, instead of doing that as a syndicator, you actually help raise money for the syndicator. As a result of raising money, you then become a general partner in the deal in the same way that the syndicator might. So I wanted to share that with you today uh, with this very timely podcast with Lane Kawauke. And he is, is, that's exactly what his business model is. And I wanted him to talk about that in this particular episode. So without any further ado, let's get into Lane, his story, and then how that has evolved into the business model that he's doing, which is raising money for other syndicators and him building a passive income where so he can live wherever he wants, which in this case right now is in Hawaii. Here is Lane. Lane, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, you're coming to us all the way from Hawaii. Where are you right now? I'm in Honolulu, Hawaii. That's in the island of Oahu. Oh, so that's uh, the, the one with the city and Amoana and where most of the things happen out here. I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to how you ended up in Hawaii, but it's a really cool story. So let's just start, Lane, and just introduce yourself really quickly to the audience and we'll get into your story a little bit more. Yeah. So I uh, still work a day job as a W-2 employee, as an engineer, but I started out investing in real estate, the single family homes, but then recently expanded into multifamilies and syndication and now I'm at 626 units with my partner and just going to try and build to that unit count just kind of be like you one day. Ha! It's very funny. Awesome. You're doing awesome stuff. In fact, you have a bunch of stuff going on. You have a podcast yourself and you have a blog simplepassivecashflow.com. You're doing a lot of stuff and just kind of spreading the word already. And I, I love that. You discovered some things that work for you and you're already helping others. So Lane, I love that. Tell us a little bit more about how you got involved in real estate in the first place. I graduated college in 2007. So I was up to that point, I was following that linear path. I think you're an engineer too. So I am. So yeah, software engineer. Yeah. So we all kind of grew up the same way, go to school, get a good job, study hard. I flunked out of my computer engineering class and I went to industrial engineering. I wasn't as smart as you guys, but <laughs> I was able to get my 3.0 to graduate and get a good job. And I went to work as a construction management because that's where they stick all the newbies. I was traveling all the time, you know, out leaving the home on Sunday, coming back on Friday night. Was able to save 80 grand pretty quickly to buy a primary residence because again, that's what the linear path says to do. Just buy that primary residence to get on that so-called escalator of wealth. But then you know, I bought that home. There was an A-class home in Seattle, Washington, and I was never home. I was only home one day a week. So I just decided to rent it out. I just did the math on a napkin one day and you know, the rents were bringing in 2200 and the mortgage was 1600 And to a young 22-year-old kid, I think at the time, 
that was a lot of beer money. You know, it worked, right? Because that was back in 2009, 2010. And I was like, shoot, I got to get more of these things. So all my time and focus went into purchasing more of those things. And that was when I started devouring the podcasts and books and things kind of just took off from there. Yeah, that's awesome. So did you buy a few more rentals? What happened after that? Yeah, so I concentrated on, you know, that was an A-class rental. Of course, we all know that there's no cash flow there. Not a lot of sophisticated investors are, you know, buying for appreciation these days or even back then. I bought a duplex next in Seattle. There's more of like a B-plus, A-minus rental. The numbers were, you know, purchase price 250000 Rents were $2,000. So not quite the 1% ratio, but a little better. And then 2012 came around, did some other things. I was going to buy a third property. But at the time, the pricing was just, you know, going up, you know, in Seattle and across America. And I wasn't cash flowing. I was like, what the heck, right? Like, is this it? Went on the Bigger Pockets forums and started asking around, started networking. And then I stumbled upon these turnkey rentals, tried one out in Birmingham and it worked. And I was, you know, got proof of concept. And then I did a 1031 exchange where I traded those two Seattle properties for nine out of state in Indianapolis, Birmingham, and Atlanta were my markets. And uh, awesome. So you kind of you kind of sold, yeah. You, so you sold those and traded up a little bit, try the turnkey thing. What were you trying to do with real estate in general at the time? Were you just kind of generate some income on the side, or did you have a longer term plan? I mean, why were you doing all this stuff? I was kind of just, you know, trying to build passive streams of income, right? So that's how I was like, you know, screw appreciation. I just want cash flow at this time. I why did you want cash flow though? What, cash flow what, pyramid, was, there you know? a, was there a problem you were trying to solve or why did you want cash flow? What were you trying to do? I think with cash flow, you have the ability to leave your job. You know, it puts food on the table. And I didn't have very high hopes for cash flow because my expenses are pretty low. I mean, I'm a pretty frugal guy. And it seemed pretty attainable that I could get it in like a pretty quick, not like 10 years, but definitely a lot shorter than that. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So so you got a few more rentals. Then what happened? I think I started to see the light. At that point, I was at double digits of single family homes. And it was starting to get a little bit of annoying, you know, managing the managers. I mean, they had their job. They did a great job. But you know, at some point I was like, no, I'm not going to be that guy with the 50 single family homes. And if you just do the math, right? Like each home is going to get you a few hundred bucks of cash flow. I mean, to hit your $10,000 mark or definitely anything higher, I mean, you're going to have to get a whole bunch of these things, like 40, 50, maybe even a hundred of these things. And I was like, no, no, this is, this is not cool. That's, it's not scalable. So what did you decide to do? I think at that point, I was like, you know, searching for the next thing. And, you know, multifamily is just always the the most obvious choice for a lot of people. And I, I think that's where I've kind of seen bigger apartments being more scalable. I mean, a lot of new investors, they come to that. But I did the single family home. So I got the experience doing that. And that was where I, you know, started networking again and seeing a bunch of folks like yourself doing this and and kind of just picking people's brains and, you know, learning it. And I didn't buy any properties for a couple of years because it's just totally different game than single family homes it is. in general. When I talk to a lot of people about, you know, building cash flow, you know, people immediately think single family houses. When I say, you know what, you might not actually be able to quit your job with single family houses. They're like, hmm, you know, apartments is actually better for you. And they go, yeah, I've heard that before, but I don't have the experience for it and I don't have the money for it, right? And so you're probably faced with some of the similar challenges. Did you share some of those challenges? And if so, how did you overcome those? 
going to multifamily, I, I thought I had to be the lead because I didn't have substantial net worth because, uh, you know, for one, a lot of my, my equity was tied up in the single family homes. The good thing was that it was giving me cash flow every month to, you know, go out and, and learn this stuff and not worry about that second job that I created, you know, bringing that passive income in. It was kind of like paying for college for me to go to learn this multifamily. And it's not cheap. I did the single family homes by myself, but I decided to pay a mentor for the multifamily because it's a lot bigger. You don't want to screw it up. And it definitely is an unfair game. You networked, you signed up with a mentor. And then what'd you do then? I needed to decide at that point, you know, what was my biggest asset here? And at the time, you know, I started the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast a year before I really got serious doing it. And I realized that myself, it was raising money for deals. And every part of deals is, you know, there's probably four parts. There's the net worth. If you don't have enough, not a lot of net worth, like I'd say definitely over two, three million dollars to sign on a loan and be a key principal. You're just another one of the Waldos out there, just another average person. Um, another thing is, you know, raising the money. That was what I had. Another thing is experience. And obviously I didn't have that coming in. And I, I also believe the fourth component is finding the deal. And of course, I was trying to do that, but that's a lot of times the hardest part of this whole equation. Exactly right. So you honed in on the two challenges, which is raising money. And your solution was to kind of create a blog around that. How did you use that blog to generate interest and raise money? I think the blog started for all the good reasons. You know, I, a lot of people were asking me how I did the single family homes and I just got so tired of answering the same questions over and over again, being the engineer. And you know, I just started to put it in audio format because podcasts have changed my life. I've been listening to podcasts since 2007. So I, I just started putting it there and then just people started to you know, get to know me well. They just kind of we're figuring, well, you must know what you're doing since you've been doing 80 of these podcasts by now. And uh, <laughs> and it was just a good avenue to just build relationships with people who are like-minded. And a lot of people up to this point have, have been, you know, I consider friends and you know, they just want to invest alongside of me. What you're saying is you start with friends and family, obviously, who already know you, trust you, maybe even like you, right? You share your enthusiasm with them at what you're doing and they become more and more interested. And then what you did is you kind of build a platform that adds to your credibility, right? So you have a blog, you have a podcast. Some people have even started meetups and even done stuff like that, all to create a platform and create credibility. Some have written a book. These are all things that you can do to kind of add your credibility. And it's kind of from what you're saying and telling me is that it's kind of taken a life of its own as well. And then what did you do around finding deals? What did you start doing there? I think for the past 18 months, I've been kind of on the circuit for the loop net is always a good way. There's not any good deals there, but of course, that's where a lot of the brokers who are hustling are out there. Initially, what I did is I, I scraped together a list of all the CCAMs. Those are the higher level designated brokers out there. But I kind of realized that a lot of the CCMs are a lot more of the experienced guys, the more older. They already had their lists of buyers. I got the feeling talking to some other brokers that they weren't really hustling out there, right? Then I focused my time on go to the website, Marcus Minichap or whatever brokerage and go all the way down to the page and look for that junior associate. Mm -hmm. So work in that angle. That's good. So you started calling brokers, which is probably the fastest way to get any kind of deal flow. And then what happened? I was just focusing on those two components. And as I got one deal that helped me raise the bar and saying, oh, now I have 190 units to my name, you know, as opposed to uh, I've never done this before. And then so quickly, you know, networking and growing, networking and growing was kind of my method.
Awesome. You started your podcast, did your blog. You started looking for deals. When did you do your first deal? It was all in the last probably like six months. You know, there were 18 months there where I did absolutely nothing. And it was a little embarrassing because I had this podcast, but I didn't buy anything. Right. But then it all kind of came together. Hmm. I mean, I think that's that, you know, three feet from gold thought that you can kind of chip away, chip away at it. Nothing happens, but you just got to stand and trust it. And having a mentor really helps say, hey, you're doing the right things. It'll happen. So talk about that first deal that you did. Yeah. So the first deal was going in as a passive. That one was in in Texas. Honestly, I didn't really know too much about it. It was just getting in on the passive, kind of learning that angle from the, the LP side. You know, like I said, I wasn't getting very much action or very much progress just going to the brokers with zero units to my name or even with the single family homes I had. You know, working with my partner to get that first one was a big, big step just to get some momentum both ways too. Yeah. So your first exposure was by investing passively in someone else's deal. Is that right? Right. That's awesome. And what did you learn through that process? I think from the eyes of an LP, what am I looking for? Because I'm learning it too and, and it's new to me. So what are the questions I'm asking, you know, and I probably should have wrote it down at the time so I can lead people along the way these days. But I think that seeing it from that angle and then, you know, just starting it, because I just, honestly, I didn't learn very much being an LP. It was the way I started. And it's all the ways that I talked to other investors kind of doing the same thing. And that's how they started too. What is your strategy then for the multifamily? Because it sounds to me like you're really kind of focusing on the raising money part. Can you talk more about kind of what your plan is right now with multifamily? I think with multifamily, I honestly don't know if being the lead lead, the guy boots on the ground is really for me. Number one, I, I live in Honolulu, Hawaii. I think a lot of people coming into real estate get to this level as an operator. I mean, I'd say 95% of people are doing the deal. They're buying their single family homes. They're buying their quadplexes. They're buying their multifamilies. And they're the persons finding the deal, doing everything. But I think at some point, this multifamily game is so big that you've got to kind of specialize. You know, some people are fundraisers, some people operate and do the deal. To think that you can do everything is, you know, kind of an ego thing and thinking that you can, unless you're going to have partners who can specialize and do certain things for you. I think it's like left brain and right brain stuff and you just can't do both. All right. So most people are thinking that what you're saying is you want to be the syndicator, the lead on a deal, and that's how you build up equity. Now you have brought up another path entirely, which is basically becoming the money raiser for syndicators. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Right, right. And, you know, I always think multifamily is the core investment, but I'm also always looking to other things like mobile home parks, self-storage, even things outside of real estate and developments too. I mean, it's all part of the puzzle and to kind of be agnostic and investments. But, you know, ultimately multifamily is, I mean, just look at the demographics. I mean, it's a no brainer there. Yeah. So if one wanted to raise money for a syndicator, which is interesting, how does that money raiser get compensated? Can you talk a little bit more about why that's interesting for you financially to do? You know, there's some kind of a promo raise rate and it's pretty small. I mean, it's definitely a lot smaller than what a real estate agent makes on a deal. But a lot of times to raise the money, you've got to be a partner. You've got to be legitimately helping out with the group to raise the money and then you know, you can get on the GP side, the general partner side. And that's kind of been my angle. I find deals that I like. I run the numbers independently. I vet the leads. You know, people sort of trust my judgment. I'm always honest and say, this is what I like about the deal. And this is like three ways that I don't like this deal. Yeah, that's right. Three concerns I have. 
Right, that's good. So we have done this as well, where we are bringing in partners into the general partnership to help us raise money. While you said the compensation might be less than a broker, it's actually considerable given, at least in our case, and some of my peers as well, other syndicators who are using this model to actually raise more money. And kind of like you, they bring people like you on and they get compensated as part of a general partnership. The general partnership is split in a certain way. And then you as a money raiser get your pro rata share of the acquisition fees of any kind of distributions, any kind of profit or asset management, anything like that. Is that kind of how you structured your deals as well? Yeah, yeah. And that, that was always the end goal, right? You know, that was always in the beginning, it was always built passive streams of income. So I don't really care about the promo rate in the beginning. I mean, that just keeps the lights on. I mean, that just pays for my podcasts and I hire people to help me on different tasks. I mean, that just really just pays for that. I mean, I'm always going to networking conferences and all my masterminds. I mean, that just basically keeps me in the network, in the inside circle. I'm just doing it for the passive income. And if I can build passive streams of income in each of these general partnerships. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, what we're finding is that the many raisers actually get a meaningful slice of general partnership, meaning that they actually get equal to or greater than the person who finds a deal. So let's say there's a scenario like this. Uh, a person, let's a student or otherwise, finds a deal, they negotiate it, maybe they put a deposit down, maybe they don't, and then they recruit a co-sponsor and then they recruit a money-raising partner, right, for example. And that setup, the syndicator and the money-raising partner oftentimes get about the equal amount of share. And, and many times, a money-raiser actually gets more of a share because they're bringing all of the money. What you're suggesting, what you have done is actually another way for someone to build equity and passive income so they can quit their job. So I think what you're suggesting is that if you have access to capital, if that's your strength and you don't enjoy the idea of cold calling brokers and analyzing deals and making offers, you can spend your time accessing your high network and bringing money to the table and accumulate equity and passive income in that way. Right, right. I've made this switch probably about six months ago. I mean, I can either spend my time 20 minutes analyzing a deal and not get anywhere because 99% of the deals out there don't make any sense. Instead of analyzing those four deals, I could have made one podcast. That would have been the way I leverage my time. At the end, you're trying to find your highest and best use. How can you effectively create value based on your limited time? That's exactly right. And what is your strategy then moving forward? What is it that you're really excited about doing moving forward with multifamily? Multifamily is, like I said, the core. What I'm trying to build is a syndication business surrounded by multifamily, self-storage, assisted living facilities, maybe even life settlement funds. And, uh, you know, just trying to piece it all together and be investment agnostic as I try and build my own portfolio, just kind of bring people along sort of like that angel investor list model. And I think both you and I are aligned. We just need to get people out of that, the Wall Street roller coaster. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so you're obviously looking at multifamily, but you can use this model for a variety of investments, right? I think at the end of the day, people come to know you, they trust you. And then you are kind of like the pre-qualification layer of the investment. You learn the investment, you learn how to analyze it, you learn how to do the, the questions. And yes, the passive investor should be able to ask questions, but really they look to you for guidance. Right. I'm kind of like a real broker where I'm, I'm investing alongside of you, literally. I mean, it's a lot of guys... Yeah. The fact that I'm putting down 50 grand when they put down 50 grand, I mean, that's all they need for them. <laughs> they don't care about the deal. I mean, that's kind of a minority, but that does mean a lot to a lot of guys. So I would say there's a class of money raiser that clearly have a leg up. They might have a million dollars or more. They're maybe high paid attorneys or doctors. 
and they have direct access to a network of high net worth individuals. But we're finding, as you're an example of that, not everyone is like that, right? It's almost like you're the, the entrepreneur and you're building the similar business that the syndicator is building. You're just building it from a different angle. So for someone, you know, who is in your position and maybe they don't have a huge interest in actually finding the deals, analyzing the deals, visiting properties, they don't really have an interest in syndicators, but they do have an interest in potentially raising money for a syndicator. What's your advice about how can someone go about kind of building that part of the business up? I think the track record is always a big thing. Just like when you present a deal, I mean, what's your track record? You know, have you done this before? I think that's what, what a lot of syndicators run into is that they haven't done single families. They haven't even purchased any properties and their net worth is pretty low. They haven't even invested. I think that's the first thing. You know, you have to show, you know, lead the way, model the way and your success leaves clues. And that's how people uh, are drawn to it. Good. So clearly a track record. So passively investing in something or investing with someone, familiarity, in your case, you've done some training on the asset class that you're actually investing in. But then also you've done a good job, I think, in building a platform and getting the word out that that's what you're doing. What are some of the ways that others can kind of replicate what you've done in that regard? Yeah, I think the first thing obviously is the website, right? I mean, you need the website. You need, need to have that passive platform where people can come to but I think if you want to take it to the next level, you need to have what's called a thought leader platform, the TLP, I call it. It's going to be video, audio, you know, videos, obviously YouTube, audios, podcasts, format. You've obviously doing both of these things. And then there's blogs, you know, if you're a good writer. And then the last is the meetup. And let me know, guys, if you've thought of a fifth one, but those are the four, only four That's I can good. think of. That's good. But cover, you need yeah. to figure out, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, you know, you need to figure out what you're good at. You know, if you suck at writing, don't write. I'm an engineer. I don't know how to write into English, so I don't write. I just sort of put notes together and I put it to audio format. Maybe for obvious reasons, I don't do video. <laughs> I don't. I don't like video. I do the meetups too, but you know, you can figure out what you do well and double down on. And that's the big thing: is the self awareness piece. You know, figure out what you do well. Yeah, great advice, Lane, so much. But I appreciate you bringing this opportunity to us because there are more ways than to skin the cat. And this one, in the realm of passive investing in multifamily so you can quit your job category, this is definitely a business plan for a lot of people. In fact, we're starting to formulate that a lot because it's really resonating with a lot of people who really want to get into multifamily, but they don't really have a huge interest in analyzing deals, or maybe they're struggling with finding deals, but they've done an outstanding job raising money for some reason. Well, go find a syndicate and partner with them, right? And so you've done that. I love you bringing that opportunity to us. So Lane, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, just go to lane at simplepassivecashflow.com and shoot me an email, check out my website or podcast. But yeah, I'm always open to talking with people. I mean, I think that's, if you model anything, that's at the end of the day, you just got to get in front of people and make connections and build relationships and do it the right way. Awesome, Lane. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Michael. I've had quite a few conversations with people who want to get into syndication, want to quit their job, but really either they don't enjoy making offers, cold calling brokers, or maybe they haven't actually found a deal yet because it's you know, maybe hard for them to find a deal right now, but they've done an outstanding job at raising money from investors. So why not use that and help raise money for other syndicators? Now, we have actually in our latest deal, we have a 321 unit in Memphis. We have actually brought two of these kind of money raisers on as general partners because this is their way of basically building passive income and they have access to people with money. They have some money themselves, but they're really, they love raising money. They love networking. They love schmoozing. They 
country clubs, the whatever. And they're just really good at raising money. Now, as a money raiser, do you have to know about multifamily? Yes. Do you have to know about the deal? Yes. Do you have to know how to analyze deals? Yes. Right? Because you have to be able to answer questions to your money raisers. So you have to have a level of, of skill and confidence to do that. So you still need a lot of the basic multifamily training. But what you're not doing is you're not cold calling the brokers. You're not analyzing deals. You're not making offers. You're not doing any, you're not, you're not even doing the due diligence. Yes, you have access to due diligence, but you're not doing any of those things. What you're doing instead is you're presenting people with information that you get from the syndicator. Now, this is something that we've done as well and uh, something that we're starting to formalize around the money raising process. So if you want more information about that, go to themichaelblanc.com forward slash invest. And basically that allows you to create a uh, profile in our investor portal where uh, the conversation can begin about your interest in investing with us passively and or your interest in uh, helping us raise money. Because here's the thing, you know, uh, you actually become a general partner in the deal. So let's say when we engage, we say, you know, you're going to commit to a minimum of, say, $500,000 and a maximum of $800,000 or whatever the case may be. And we will actually work out a joint venture agreement with you in a similar way that we work out a joint venture agreement with students that bring uh, deals to the deal desk, right? So in the same way, we can bring you in as well. And you become a general partner just like the student does and just like, like we are. And we're going to basically do this deal together. And it's a great way for you to get a track record as a general partner and really work to your strengths, which is either a preference for raising money or you've just uh, been really successful at raising money. You haven't found your first deal yet. So why don't you bring that investor money to a deal that we may have or other investors we have. So to check that out, go to the michaelblank.com forward slash invest and uh, just sign up for the investor portal there so you know you know we're there and then reach out to us saying, hey, look, I just signed up for the portal. I want to talk to you about raising raising money for you guys. And that would be a great way to start that conversation. So for everyone else, uh, obviously raising money is a, is a key issue. And if you want to get started with raising money, the best way to do it is to download my free ebook if you haven't done this already and you get it at themichaelblanc.com forward slash ebook. And uh, you can also go to via text message. Uh, just text the word secret book, one word, lowercase secret book to 44222. And that's the book, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building Deal. So it's either themichaelblanc.com forward slash ebook or text the word secret book, secret book, one word to 44222. I hope, guys, that uh, kind of gave you a new possibility if you're in that category of uh, being able to raise money or being better at it and loving it more because it's really resonating with a lot of people who didn't even think that was possible that you can actually become a general partner. So I hope you found that very interesting today and uh, look forward to hearing from you and I will definitely catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.